Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day. It's not, it's Justin Harrison's moment. That was incredible. And now the Lions will have to do it, but they'll do it from the Australian 22. Yeah, you got the Totai Kefu try in the Bledisloe. You got Matty Rogers try in the 2002 Bledisloe. But I was talking about you on the on air and off air. I've got to say, I gave me goosebumps just listening to the crowd there. And our, our guest is a former Wallaby, and that was the 2001 British Tour to Australia against the British Lions. And Justin Harrison took a much needed steal out of the line out mm. to win the game for the Australians. <laughs> he's, he's been taken, living off it for it, the last 22 he? years. Uh, and he joins us on Sports Day. <laughs> How are you, Justin? Well, there's nothing wrong with living off a fluke in something, mate. <laughs> One day you get something right. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Oh, back in the days when you had to fight for a line out. So mm. you must be happy as a oh, as a traditionalist in, in the rugby world that uh, that rugby's on the front pages of pretty much every national newspaper mm. since Eddie Jones got announced as coach. <laughs> yeah, look, there's certainly a bit of burly in the water, isn't there? Um, Beaver Eddie Jones has come back and and you know he's a, he's a he's a parochial, passionate um, character of rugby. He's everything that Australia probably wants to see in their national coach: a hardworking, knowledgeable, um, you know, very 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 um, loyal players coach you know Matty Rogers a bloke sitting across from me in the studio they will, will attest to that he'll run a block line for a player anytime um, he needs to protect them and, and he builds loyalty he knows what he's talking about you know so look it's a it's an energizing moment that the, the the capacity that we have to launch into the next 10 pole events you know starting with 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 French World Cup uh, and, and even before that you know TRC and a blood is low to try and to try and wrestle off uh, the Kiwis, you know, there's there's excitement in, and in, in anticipation. Gug, uh, mate. Hang great. on a sec, wait a sec. Uh, you call him Gug. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Justin, I've, I've can, can we, Justin, hang on a can we find no, out why the nickname no. Gug? <laughs> well, <laughs> let me preface it with you don't get to choose your nickname, bro, right, lads. <laughs> um, so I certainly didn't throw the hand up for it. But um, look, when I first arrived on the scene as a as a um, six foot seven, 19 year old, 97 kilo praying mantis. Um, uh, I, I knew I, I had to sort of make myself known to a few people. So I was a little bit, a little bit presumptuous in, in, and a bit punchy, a bit of a, a bit of a bad egg I was apparently. So they called me Googie the bad egg. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> right from when day one, when I arrived in Canberra back yeah. in 1994. Oh. So, Mate, you, there you, you go. You, you worked. I mean, you played under Beaver at the Brumbies. So Beaver is Eddie Jones. Eddie yeah, Jones, yeah. sorry. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, you know, yeah. we we had him for you know five years at the Wallabies together. Yeah. Mate, what do you think he's going to bring to this squad that they're missing? 
Um, oh, mate, there's a, there's a multitude of things, I think, but what he, what he does do is provoke excellence in people. He's very good at, at, at cutting away the clear and obvious distractions that are available to professional athletes. And when you're in the cauldron of sport, unpredictability mm. and all sorts of things that either drive you forward into a mistake or you get distracted and you, you show up on game day not prepared. He, he's very good at, you know, um, sitting you down, getting you to understand the one or two things, maybe three, if you're as good as, you know, Matt Rogers back in the day, he'll give you three things that he wants you to be world-class at. Uh, and and get rid of the get rid of the rest, and he'll know all about every player already, having yes. never met them. Really, he'll watch he'll watch tapes. He'll see how they warm up. He'll just find trigger points, and he's he's one of the very few people that I've come across that has the capacity to motivate, intimidate, congratulate, and 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 be a good mate, uh, all in the, the same room, you know, yep. with you. So it's a very very good skill. Um, he's he's. Fierce when he needs to be, he provokes reaction. Um, and and if he if you rise to the occasion and give him just some of the ingredients that he can see in you, um, then he'll be loyal to you for for a long long time. And that's that's a really powerful attachment. And I think most coaches who are successful in regimes that have had lasting lasting success, when you speak to some of those players having come out of that experience, they talk about the connection and the, what the coach did for them personally and the what's in it for me story and rarely talk about, you know, holding cups or, or, or big, big championship victories. They talk about the connection with the coach and how they felt loyalty and honesty and were provoked to be a better version of themselves. That's what Eddie Jones does. Yeah, mate, that's really well put. You, 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 you bang on, you yeah. bang on with it. Mate, he's, he's just picked his first 33-man squad to get together. Mate, there's a, there's a few notable omissions. Tate McDermott, James O'Connor, uh, you know, a bit of a, a, yes. a mainstay of the squad for many years. Mm. Um, mm. And and six debutants. I mean, young Max Jorgensen, mm. um, you know, we've yeah. been struggling against the New Zealand sides. Is this, a, is this a changing of the guard? Are we trying to get some fresh blood into this squad? Obviously, you know, the Joseph Sully signing is big for mm. rugby, but it's not, it's not happening for, you know, 18 more months. Um, yeah, what is, right. What's yeah. he trying to do here with this squad, Gug? Oh, a couple of things, right? I think he's he's putting some people on notice that mediocrity is not acceptable. Some people who have developed um, regimes where they're they're, they're sort of um, not provoking excellence in them every time they take the field and every environment they're in, whether they're down by forty or up by forty, they're the same person that's remaining in the fight. Yep. I think that he's also got an eye on. Um, um, you know, we also know that this is not the final squad, right? There's going to be some sliding changes yeah. here and some Tetris happening, um, you know, through injury or whatever. But but um, I think that he's rewarding. He would have had conversations with every player. He would have told them already two or three things that he wants to see them um, doing on the dirt, putting on the field or hearing about in the change rooms or just watching the way they arrive at the game and carry themselves under pressure. He would have seen that in this squad already. And, and the others that, that aren't in the squad will know exactly how far off and what they have to work on to, to get there. But to your point, you know, changing of the guard, you know, every, with every new regime, which Eddie Jones is now a new regime, comes change. And, and change, you know, is welcomed and change either challenges you to provoke um, um, excellence or you, you, you're accepted and you continue to slide. So I think that there's some players there that would rightly think they, sh- they were entitled to be in the squad and they probably played 
and started in super road campaigns and felt that they were probably doing enough. Um, he's probably just giving them a gentle reminder that, that there needs to be some more from them um, and, and will give them a chance to, to change his mind. You know, p- p- players can play themselves out of squads just as well as mm. playing them in. Yep. And now, Justin, as one of the union traditionalists, and I'm sure you speak to a lot of a lot of fans and current players that are playing that have been in the systems for a while. How do they feel about rugby union going outside their parameters, looking at rugby league players to potentially take positions? Oh, look, there's a couple of things, right? If you look from a commercial aspect and a marketability of the game, we know that we are in a very intense um, competitive environment, which is which is very rare. We're a niche sport in an international market exposed to some market forces that we can't keep up with, you know, the French and, and English buying power, Japan buying power means that we have an inevitable, inevitable talent drain to external markets in our own sport, let alone talent drain uh, and poaching from, from other other sports, namely NRL, right? Which is fair enough. We, we love rugby league. Like the players, we love watching and learning from some of the things. There's been many times where we've had crossover camps and all sorts of all sorts of sharing of IP. We've had coaches come and, you know, Craig Bellamy, Bellamy we've had heat, you know. We also, had a, we, also, we also had a great night out with the kangaroos in France in 2002. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you can remember that. Right? <laughs> uh, you know, you poured yourself into the team meeting the next day and you were still out. Um, but, mate, I have, you know, Mad Monday, Canberra Raiders, Maury Daly and Bradley Clyde wanted me to go with them. Like, it's, you know, well, there's plenty of synergy there. But, but look, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an opportunity for players to test the market on, on themselves as an asset and as an athlete in a very finite shelf period of, of performance capacity. So no one can fault the decision matrix that a player goes through to put himself in the best earning capacity and also in a high-performance environment that makes sense, you know. So... For Joseph Suley, it makes sense for him now to, to return to, you know, a sport that gave him the foundation of skills that he's got and the wonderful athlete that he is. He's entitled to exploit that in a work sense, but also in a career longevity and, a, and an exposure and a life experience. You know, both sports offer huge opportunity and huge um, growth and huge support services. You know, I know Clint Newton very well, the Regularly Players Association is a very well put together a group of people who want to support that player through the athlete journey, so to rugby union. Um, I, I, have no, I have no issue. What we do have is some players that probably think, well, you know, I, I should, I should um, have the right to be the first person to be selected in that position and not have someone come and take my position away from me. You know, let's not forget that these players still have to play well. And they're probably yeah. under an enormous amount of pressure um, even more so now because of the expectation placed on them. So, you know, um, no one expects to be given... Um, Wallabies is not a club team. You don't, you're don't. you not contracted to the Wallabies. Joseph Suali is being offered an opportunity to be a licensed rugby union player. Now, what he does with that is up to him. Uh, he's certainly being paid well enough. I, I don't remember any negotiation that anyone in, in the entirety of their life has been into where they've handed back a figure saying it was too much, right? So all this hysteria around what he's getting paid and all those, you know, that's that's the market telling us that, that he's worth that. And, um, you know, we, I think it's I think it's to be celebrated, knowing what we know about the life of an athlete um, and, and the frailty and the insecurity and 
the instability, the subject to, you know, injury. One person's choice, some coaches off you, you go to the wrong club or you have bad luck or, you know, all sorts of things that are out of your control. The one thing you can control is your decision matrix and able to leverage a market that wants you. So I think it's a great, it's a great environment to be part of. You know, one tide raises all boats. So everyone's market value in Australian rugby um, as an outside back has gone up as well. So it's up to them to perform well enough to, do, to deliver the same sort of leverage. Now, Justin, explain this to me. Okay, Super Rugby, which I love <laughs> watching, and I'm a huge Brad Thorne fan. I want the Reds to do very, very well every year. And yeah, yeah. why? Why are we resting Wallaby players at Super Rugby level? Yeah, yeah. Just, I'll just make a comment mm-hmm. on this. I did, I did mention I, I thought Rupert would have had uh, a say in this. That's the Rugby Union yeah, Players Association, yeah, yeah. But, but I understand they had no say in this, mm. which was, which, no. yeah, I, I, Justin, can you just no, explain, okay. because we, we did have a, a discussion about this, surely there's better ways to rest players than to take them out of the games yeah. that people want to watch. Yeah, it's an interesting one because we know that part of the high performance cycle of an athlete, you know, you 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 cumulative fatigue and the management of an athlete through that timeline of performance, especially in a World Cup year, very important. You would think that you're preparing 18 months out from, from a World Cup cycle, not this season that lands before it. And, and um, you know, we, we weren't really given a meaningful opportunity to contribute, not saying we would have come up with anything particularly different, but it is an interesting conundrum that your star players are there for and your most valuable commercial asset, you want them on the field as much as possible. And I wonder if there's another way of, of, of releasing that fatigue danger and injury danger through the week. You know, Monday, Friday is where you knock out most of your um, danger areas when you're training in, in unrestricted games and contact sessions are a little bit um, out of control. You've got the Tuesday Warrior coupled with the bloke that wants to get picked with, with, the, with the athlete that takes the field and your coaches are the gatekeepers of the player's time to that week. So Monday through Friday, you wonder if you could have delivered a low charge at a reduced level for the player to then still have them arrive at game day in the capacity to perform well, um, not having undertrained, but not having been put on the same regime that, that means that they'll end, end up at the end of the year fatigued. Uh, you know, we are curious that probably Super Rugby is the, is the, is the shortest of all of the Super um, sort of rugby campaigns around the world as well. So I think that that, that that is probably under scrutiny now from the clubs as well, mate, because they know that they want to have the, the winningest, you know, best side taking a field every time. We saw what happened with the Brumbies go over to the Crusaders. We are seeing, you know, open discussions now around some of the players that are still yet to be rested. Um, no more than five consecutive games to be played back to back. So it is an interesting one, mate. And I suppose if you take a problem solving lens to the table and include all of the stakeholders, including the players, you just you wonder if the players had a voice in that, there would have been another way yeah. to um, mm. to devise a solution. Because, mate, as you know, if the player's involved in a solution, sometimes you presume that you're acting on behalf of the player and you're presenting a voice when if you actually ask them, it could be completely different and you, and you, 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 you arrive at a solution which is far more agreeable to everything, which bridges the gap between the commercial frailty of the sport, the, perform, the performance metrics that we want in Super Rugby. We want Super Rugby to be the best competition in the world again. We also want uh, the Wallabies to go through to the final and win the final in the World Cup with the best team possible. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, it's certainly a comprehensive answer, mate. I, I've got a, I've got a question for you from one of our listeners. They've just texted in, and uh, he says, "Oh yeah, of course I have." Yeah, no, I have. Uh, I literally have. His name's Bolo. His name's Bolo. He says, "Justin, please, I'm a fellow Bolo. proud member of the Tight Five and War Number Four with pride. Your thoughts when you've pulled your head out of the scrum that we've won, <laughs> only to find a pretty boy in the back line like Matt <laughs> spills it, and you have to run back 20 meters to help out the back line. <laughs> also, who was the ugliest okay. unit you came up against? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me correct some of his language. I don't know if he's seen you up close and personal, <laughs> Matt Rogers, but I would I would not describe you as a pretty boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> true, true. Mate, Thanks, you mate, pick mate. your nose, you have to scratch your left ear like <laughs> Your nose is spread across your face more than Vegemite. I've had a big school. Um, yeah, well, mate, you, haven't, you, you didn't pay the whole bill because they didn't fix it. Um, uh, look, uh, well, mate, there's, there's a, you remember, I don't know if you were on tour with us that time. They did a, they did a world ten, top 10 ugliest rugby players one time. In the, it was a Welsh Rugby Union magazine. And it was, they had a top 10 world, world's ugliest. And Neil Jenkins was the, was the top. Remember the, the blood nut from, yeah. from Wales, the yeah, number 10, the Reddit? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was terrible. And you know who came in in the top 10? One of them was Phil War. Oh, mate, the oh, White yeah. Orc. Remember we, remember we used, yeah, the White Orc. We used to sing this song, U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no allies. So, so, yeah, and that was on the bus. So, But he's a good, you know, listen, I'm not, he's, He's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no one can be worse than what's looking at looking back at me, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> sure. good. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, Justin, and we could sit and talk uh, yeah, about the rugby union, which is a great insight as we head into a World Cup. And you're far too mm. smart for this the, yeah, for this yeah. show. I know that. So, uh, we <laughs> oh no, we thank you for taking the time Thanks, out buddy. to um to to explain what is an exciting time for rugby at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it is. Good yeah, on you, mate. Anytime, anytime. It's great to be talking rugby to you and, uh, and well done for your show. Thanks very much. Good Cheers, stuff. Mate. Justin Harrison, former Wallaby and CEO of the Rugby Unis Players Association. Coming up next, that's ridiculous. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day. We'll be back soon.